Hi again, everyone. Welcome to Radio MVP, episode 105. And it's been a couple weeks, uh, maybe a little bit longer. It really doesn't matter. There wasn't much going on in the world no. of sports. But that seems to be changing here recently. So uh, we'll get into all that and catch up and maybe tell a story or two and and see what's going on in the uh, in the world of sports, uh, Northeast Ohio and Western Pennsylvania and anywhere else in the world as uh, we go on. So let me uh, bring in my partner and my friend, uh, Anthony. How you doing, my friend? Good. It's nice to be back. And, uh, you know, last time we talked, we had a really good conversation, but uh, uh, technology nowadays, we know, is not not certain sometimes. But uh, like you said, uh, there is hope on the horizon. The last time we talked, there was a lot of uncertainty still with a lot of the professional sports leagues um, just kind of laying low. Uh, but now, day by day, we have more and more uh, sports and leagues and teams uh, reopening facilities and getting back to um, seasons and training and everything like that. It's, I don't know if you saw it, Tim, but YSU is uh, welcoming back athletes on June 1st uh, for all sports, and we'll start their uh, gradual process of phasing in. Um, Tim, it's from where we were two months ago. And we're not out of the woods yet. We're, we're still seeing spikes here and there. Um, but I'll tell you what, I know a lot of people were like, oh, man, this quarantine thing, it's, it's what we've been doing is working. You know, staying home is working. And if we can keep doing that for a month, a month and a half longer and wearing your mask, Tim, we could uh, – we could be um, a lot better off than we thought come uh, the fall. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the summer months will be very mm-hmm. crucial going forward. Uh, I think you hit it on the, the nail on the head, or excuse me, the hammer. Let me rephrase all that and just say you hit, <laughs> you hit it out of the ballpark there and said uh, perfectly, uh, it's our responsibilities as uh, fans of the games. And as fellow human beings to do the right thing. And for some that don't understand the inconvenience or for those who think it's a political message, it's not. It's a health message. Mm -hmm. And if you're a football fan, I strongly encourage the more mask wearing, the better opportunity Mm -hmm. for all levels of sports come fall. Uh, The less we do it, the greater the chance that it'll be interrupted or shortened. Mm -hmm. And we'll just have to wait and see. It's day by day. It really is. I know it sounds strange to say that, but it's day by day. There's some encouraging signs uh, moving forward. You know, NASCAR returned uh, a couple of weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Congratulations to them. Uh, Golf returns here in about two weeks. Yeah. Uh, we had a, a an exhibition golf tournament, which I, I didn't see one stroke uh, last weekend. Did you I watch any of every, that? I watched every stroke, and I am all for that from now on. It was so cool to see Tiger Woods, who for years was, was so standoffish. 
and he did not like the media, did not want to deal with them. We always knew Phil Mickelson was the social butterfly and liked to be outgoing, but it was cool to see guys like Peyton Manning and Tom Brady struggle. You know, like, hey, I hit some of those shots. Oh, yeah. But it was really cool to see them mic'd up and to see how they interact. And uh, it it was really cool. I I enjoyed it immensely. I just didn't have an opportunity to watch. Uh, it's not that I heard about it. I was in the middle of other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it was a beautiful weekend. Uh, Gorgeous. And I, I Gorgeous. took advantage of that and did a lot of work around the house instead. Uh, what would get updates on it and i was mm-hmm. like well that's cool and you know it was a great exhibition game and mm-hmm. or match i should say and yep. it's great for any game to humanize your game to make it fun to bring it to the average fan that's what all-star games used to do mm-hmm. uh, because they were fun yes they were competitive yet fun there was a little bit of humor inside there was a little, there was definitely competition, but it was more of a joyous competition. Uh, and you want that in sports. And I agree with you. I think it's a wonderful thing. I think more sports should do it. Now, golf is the perfect game for that mm-hmm. because you don't have to be great Mm-mm. to be paired with a great golfer and to, uh, you know, have entertainment. Uh, obviously, like, for example, you get Bill Murray out there, yep. but them guys would be f- fantastic. You get oh, Charles Barkley yes. on the court, Michael Jordan on the court. Uh, you get maybe John Schmoltz from mm-hmm. baseball, you know, a retired baseball, who's a very good golfer, by the yes. way. Yes, tremendous. Uh, yeah, I think it would be a lot of fun. And you can do it once or twice a year. You can do one yep. in the spring and – Maybe one during one like Thanksgiving, fall, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, in that time period, I think you would find a lot of interest in it. And you go back into golf when they used to have the skins game all the time. Mm-hmm. That was yes. kind of the fun of it because yes, a it wasn't their money on online. It wasn't like the players put up a million dollars each, and then you had the skins go on, which would be more interesting, by the way, in my opinion. If yes, you did. yes, it would. Uh, kind of like if you were playing skins on any. Yeah, a local course. If it's a dollar a, uh, a hole yep. or whatever you may be playing for, uh, I think that would be much more interesting if you did that and had a rolling thing for eighteen holes and uh, had a you know a competition that way. I think it would be really interesting to watch. You know the the golfers really handle that situation, but you go back to like I said, the original of the skin games years ago. That's what it was about. It was about having mm-hmm. fun. It was about also the dealing with the pressure of a, a half million dollar putt when a half million dollars was a huge win. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I think it's a good thing. And, and I hope we do see more stuff like that in the future. You don't need it every month, but maybe once or twice a year would be a wonderful break uh, from the action. The only thing is, uh, like all sports, each weekend's a new event, you know, for golf, like baseball's every day and football's once a week and basketball's three times a week. Mm-hmm. It's difficult to schedule that and have 
players willing to commit to it. Yeah. And yeah, you have to put it into your schedule because we had such a break in sports. It was easy to schedule this and easy to produce because they can keep the numbers low and they can follow the rules that were necessary mm-hmm. to, to produce this event. And uh, I loved it. I mean, I missed it, but I loved the idea of it. And I thought it was, it was a great thing. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, I didn't see the uh, the viewership ratings for it, but uh, off the charts. I I'm think. I'm sure they're off the charts given everything going on, and people are so crave for sports. And uh, the uh, the personal aspect was kind of cool, so I think uh, a lot of people enjoyed it. Yeah, matter of fact, I heard NASCAR had its highest rating ever. Yeah, I'm not uh, surprised. No, I mean there was I'm no competition. Right now. No. Yeah, and like you said, sports fans were kind of starved, and yeah, you know, I watched on an average season of nascar maybe three races maybe four at the most Mm -hmm. and i really don't ever watch a race from uh the first lap to Mm -hmm. the final lap i might catch the first lap or two and maybe 10 and then i'm i'm fading away and and i might catch it you know towards the end yeah and if it's a you know an interesting potential finish you, you know you'll you'll tune in but you know, from lap ten to lap two sixty or two eighty or whatever yeah. number they got to get to, as I'm not really that interested. No, and that's just that's just me as a sports fan. It's not me as anti NASCAR or anti car racing or or racing in general. It's just I'm not going to sit there and watch every lap. But there are people who watch every lap of NASCAR who will never watch every pitch of a baseball game, which I'll watch every pitch yes. of a baseball game. I agree with you hundred percent. I agree 100. Yeah, I'm not a big NASCAR. I've never really, never really been into it. Uh, but I can sit down and watch all nine innings of a baseball game and not blink an eye. You know, so it's just uh, a lot of people find uh, NASCAR very interesting, more interesting than baseball. And you know, to some extent, you can't blame them. But uh, you know, to us, we enjoy baseball or. Um, you know, there's a lot of people who enjoy playing golf but can't stand watching it. Right, right. You know, I know I know a couple people like that that just and they don't really care to watch it, but they they love playing it. No, that's exactly it. And there's many who uh, are that way. They'll play any game, but they don't really enjoy sitting down in front of a television watching it. And that and that's there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, that's just the type of personality that they are. And well, we got a lot going on. Um, Let's get the tough one out of the way first, baseball. Yes. Uh, they continue to fight each other. And uh, instead of negotiating behind a curtain in, in, a, in a room and one-on-one like, uh, well, like men would do in most cases, they're going to argue this out in open and make the owners look like idiots and the players look like they're selfish idiots. And – in the end, I guess that's what you expect from baseball because that's how it's always been uh, my entire life when it comes down to these yeah. type of negotiations. Yeah, we talked a couple weeks ago, Tim, that this was going to be probably a really ugly couple weeks. And it's definitely been a very ugly couple weeks. And um, it, it always seems like baseball cannot 
negotiate in good, fair terms. It's always got to get really ugly. And unfortunately, that's uh, they're hurting themselves more than hurting anybody else. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I think baseball fans and sports fans want it. But if you can't respect each other and get into a room and negotiate this properly, then you'll never, ever get to that level where you're going to have games. Uh, you know, deadlines help sometimes. You know, having a drop-dead date, trying to get yep. things done, sometimes forces negotiations. Not mm-hmm. always. Sometimes people get trenched in and they refuse to budge no matter what. Rob Manford and Major League Baseball ownership needs to reach out to the players and say, let's meet on Zoom because you yeah. can't meet together and uh, let's let's hash this out and get it done properly. Not, I'm going to make a proposal, send it to the players and wait for them to counter-compose. That's just the dumbest way to do this. And the thing is with Major League Baseball owners, and I can't blame the players here. They've never been transparent. They never, ever give 100% of the information. And under the circumstances that baseball is facing and circumstances of a pandemic that we're in, they need to be absolutely 100% transparent to each other for you can get this done. And until they... Until they're able to trust each other, we're going to have problems. Simple as that. Yeah, it's this is not what you want during a pandemic, obviously. But it's not what you want, especially when the CBA is up after next season. Um, because no baseball this season would be crippling. You're already seeing the effect of the minor league system. And the way, the, the way baseball negotiates, every time a CBA comes up, there's a good chance of a strike. You – you do not want to not have a season this year and then go on strike next year, the year after that. It's just, you're asking for a big, big, big mess on your hands. You're seeing a big divide between owners and players. I haven't listened to it every day this year because quite honest with you, there's just not much going on, but I've mentioned it many times before a big fan of uh, baseball tonight, the podcast with Buster mm-hmm. only. Buster wrote a, uh, an ESPN article not too long ago and also, uh, you know, giving his suggestions and that about the scenario that baseball's in. And one of the things he brought up that I thought was absolutely spot on is the players are missing the boat. Mm-hmm. Because of the scenario they're in, they can negotiate so much right now and extend the current deal two, three years and deal with teams tanking and deal with the number of players on a team, and deal with some of the the pro player things that they want because these things need to be done. And say, okay, we're willing to give you the X amount of – if we give you, for example, what the the owners want, like a 50-50 split on revenues Mm -hmm. this year. Let's just use that last thing that they talked about. In order for us to do that, you have to meet us on this and extend the current CBA by X amount of years. They have them right where they need them, but they're not taking advantage of it. Instead, they're going to wait, play this season out, and then have the have the the big fight afterwards. Which absolutely, when you have all this time where nothing's going on, take advantage of the situation. 
you may never have the upper hand like this again or for a very long time. You have to be exploitive for your own yep. players association. And there's nothing wrong with that because the owners are going to do it to you. Obviously, players speaking out, they just need to shut up. Uh, the, the snails of the world and others. And just let the union get into a room and negotiate it. And don't tell me about the crying that this is your first year to make you know, $10 million and you're not going to yeah. make it. Uh, I get it. I totally do. I get this 100% yep. from all athletes. And I mean all athletes, all sports. They have a finite time to make this type of money in life. Because chances are they'll never, ever be paid like this ever again. No, not anymore. Well, it's just chances of them becoming, you know, Charles Barkley, for example, who's went into a great career as a broadcaster and is, pay, is paid very well by TBS. Those things don't happen very often. The Michael Strahans, who's probably made more money now that he's retired uh -huh. football player than he ever was as – and he was a very well-paid yes. – New York giant yeah. and, and a defensive end. But those are far or few between. Most of them will never, ever have the earning opportunities that they have now. And I get that. So they do have a finite time. Some sports are longer and some sports are shorter time. So you have to, you know, be exploited for your own good. But recognize that this is the year that everyone will talk about in so many different ways. And so many things that affected you personally and professionally and emotionally. And you know, this year is just so uniquely different than anything any of us will ever probably and hopefully will ever deal with again. Sam, I completely agree with you with, on that. And I'd say, well, I think the big problem or one of the big problems baseball is having is Scott Boer speaking out. You know, right. I, yeah, the players association and, and yeah. the agents, you know, and, and that's what an agent does. He is going to go to bat for his, yeah. his, his clients. And I get that. That's what Rod Meinford's going to bat for the owners. That's his job. Uh, he's not a carekeeper of the game. He speaks for the ownership. Yep. Many people think he's the gatekeeper of the game. He's not. Never will be. Bud Selig was not. A former owner who was a 20-year commissioner. A commissioner is hired by the owners and is a target for the owners. He takes the bullet. He takes the PR bullet every yep. time for the sport. For the owners can work behind the scenes and get what they want. And he takes the bullet and he fights with the players association he fights with the networks he does all the fighting that's what they're there for they're not there to be caretakers of the game anybody who thinks that a commissioner today is a caretaker of the game is fooling themselves a commissioner is there to be a pr branch of yep. the ownership and i get that there's nothing wrong with that there's just not what it was 50 years ago because once you lose the ownership, you lose your job. And it's been proven over and over again in every sport. A big problem I see with this is, and I kept talking much as the guy at work, is for 
I would say a month now, Major League Baseball, you heard nothing from them. Nothing at all. Not, we're thinking about this, we're going to meet, you know. With the NBA, you heard, maybe it wasn't a definitive plan or idea. It was our players and their reps are meeting this time. Our owners and the league office, uh, board of governors are going to meet this time. And the NHL too. You had constant dialogue and communication between the NHL and its players and its owners, the NBA and its players and its owners. Baseball, to me, this just seems rushed and thrown together at the last minute, and now it's like, oh, crap, it's the end of May, beginning of June, and we have no clue what we want. You know, you have one party wants one thing to the extreme, and the other party wants another thing to the extreme, and there's a long way to go before they can get to a middle ground. I totally agree. A and long way to go, and you know what? They have to get there for the for they have all to. involved. Um, July Fourth is not that far away. If that's when they plan on trying to get this all together, uh, they absolutely have to be in camp by like June fifteenth. If they're not in camp by June fifteenth, it's not going to happen. And then it becomes really, really panic time. And the next two weeks will determine the baseball season in a lot of ways. Yeah. Tim, you're 100% right. And it's, it's unfortunate um, that the sport we love and our baseball purists have come to this. But, you know, like I was talking about last night, I really haven't missed baseball to the extreme like of course i'm missing watching it but i find myself um getting involved in other things to keep me busy to um explore new possibilities and new things um and taking time to uh i don't want to say reconnect let's use reconnect uh with family and friends that Normally in the hustle and bustle and, uh, of our daily lives would be hard to. Um, no, you're so, right. And as, as much as I love the Indians and I have season tickets, I'm not sitting here going, man, I really wish we were – like, yeah, I want to watch baseball. But it's not like it's ruining my day. And I think, I think you and I are on the same mindset, Tim. We are, because a perfect example of what you're saying was last weekend. I made a comment to a few people, Memorial Day weekend and no, no baseball is, is weird. Yes, it is. However, it also gave me like nine hours to do something else. Yes. And yeah. wow, did I get a lot done in that nine hours, you know? And yeah. that's what baseball is up against. And that complacency could be the worst thing that could happen to the sport. Uh, I don't want to dwell on it, but yeah, if I had to put a clock on it, the next two and a half weeks are, are absolutely crucial to the game of baseball for 2020. Cause I honestly, you know, potentially you could play just August and September and play into October, but boy, it would be difficult. It'd be and, very difficult. And we'll, we'll see what happens. And we'll go from there. I mean, it yeah. could be a casualty of this uh, pandemic. 
there's been many. And, you know, human life is a hell of a lot more important than baseball. I hate saying that, but it is. Yes, it is. You're, no, you're 100% right. And uh, like you and I were talking about and touched on and agree upon that uh, this pandemic has allowed us to focus on what's really important in life. Um, and baseball is important to us. But, you know, I we used to joke, our biggest worry is if the Indians are going to hit the ball or if the Indians are going to, you know, you know, how far are they out in the division? Um, and now this pandemic has um, allowed light, us to, yeah. has allowed us to get back to things um, that, that really mean the most and impact our daily lives. There's no question about that. I agree with you. 100% there. Looking at other sports, the yeah. NHL we brought up a little in it earlier has a plan in place. I love their plan. And I give them credit thinking out of the box, doing something uniquely different under the circumstances and building on it to make it, you know, a very interesting thing. Very similar to the kind of the plan that baseball yes. floated back in April. Yes. Uh, the Arizona plan mm-hmm. where you would have hub cities or hub states and you would have either Florida and, and Arizona playing baseball where all teams would be. The NHL is gonna, thinking about four, possibly five yeah. hub cities and where they would have multiple teams play there. And there would be a 24-team round-robin first round. Uh, where I believe each team would play about four teams or mm-hmm. three teams, and there'd be a point system, and they go on, yeah. get it down to 16, and then you're off to the races. And they haven't really determined, you know, if it would be a five-game series or seven-game series or, or three-game series uh, uh, once they uh, get it down to the, uh, 16 teams. But uh, out of the box, the players are on board. It looks like it's going to happen. Uh, congratulations again. That's what it takes. You got yes. you got to be willing to do the uniqueness uh, in this situation. And you know, NBA is about to come back too. They have a target date, so we'll go from there. Mm-hmm. And that's what you need. You have to have some type of thought process that you're willing to give it a try. And you know, it could be a very exciting sports time. Uh, the second half of summer here, come the you know July first, even two weeks from now, June fifteenth. Yep. I think we may see a an exciting time going forward with a lot of sports going on because they're all going to be playing together. And ironically, the one sport that plays in the summer may not play, may not be there. Yeah, it's uh, and, and give all these other sports their turf. I mean, that's just shocking. Yeah, it's it's. Um, I give the NBA credit um, to, and I'm not an NBA guy, but I give the NBA a lot of credit. Uh, to me, it is really difficult. This time we live in is really difficult right now, but the NBA to me, Tim, seems they are trying to find the silver lining in everything. And for years we've heard rumors of maybe the NBA should tweak their season. Maybe they should push it back. Maybe they should do this, do something different with the playoff format. 
And I think they have been really open to different playoff formats, different regular season formats, but also pushing the start of the season back to where they start on Christmas Day or around Christmas and run till August, you'd have little to no competition. You know, that would give you December, January, February of just NBA because you have nothing else going on except for the except for college basketball. Right. You now, know? here's the the opposite argument to that or the other side of the coin is are you going to get fans willing to come indoors to watch basketball That's very in true. late May, June and July? I mean, this year is totally different because chances are there'll be no fans anywhere in any sport. Uh, Maybe, you know, we'll have to wait and see. I don't expect anything right now. But again, it's fluid. Anything can change tomorrow. But I pretty much you can guarantee that baseball, NHL, and NBA will be playing in empty stadiums. Just like I watched tonight, the uh, Dropkick Murphys. Uh, play a concert from Fenway Park with an empty stadium. Really? Yes. I love Dropkick Murphys. Yeah, they uh, they were on uh, uh, Facebook Live and uh, Twitter and everything else, any stream- streaming uh, service, and uh, they did a live concert from oh, that's uh, really cool from uh, Fenway Park. Yeah, they, it was fantastic. That's why I kept pushing this off. <laughs> I wanted to get that in. <laughs> I'm like. Uh, they said six o'clock didn't get started until about six thirty, uh, quarter to seven, and it lasted about eight thirty. The joys of live concerts, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. The giant. Yeah, it, it was actually really cool because what they did, obviously, a Boston bass band. Everybody yes. knows that. Mm-hmm. Um, so they all had the Red Sox uniforms, tops on. That's for, yeah, and all number twenty for the year. Yep, and uh, they introduced them at first base, at third base. And they ran out. Oh, that's to the, really cool. They came out to the uh, positions, and there was, of course, the the guitar, the bass, the piano, yeah. the the uh, different instruments at each bass and position, and the two lead singers, you know, uh, yeah, and Casey and that came came in from the bullpen, and the other one was a starting pitcher, and yeah, it was just a nice, you know, it was unique, and they had the social distancing, and uh, they played. Uh, Fenway Park to an empty stadium. Uh, they can only have 35 people there, including the band, mm-hmm. uh, to pull this off, and they did. So it was, it was. I am, I'm a fan, so I enjoyed it. And on top of that, off they had a, a special guest, Bruce Springsteen from New Jersey, oh, come I love on. Bruce, yeah. And he, uh, they did the two songs. I figured they would do. Uh, yeah, you probably catch it on YouTube, and I'm going to give it away. Mm-hmm. But I don't care. Uh, the Rose Tattoo. Uh, mm-hmm. They did that going back to the Boston bombing. Uh, Bruce uh, re-recorded that with yeah. the, with the Dropkick Murphys uh, back what was it, around 2013, 2014, 2013, I think that 2013, was. 2013, yes. Yes. Yes, 2013. And, uh, raised money there. And then they did uh, uh, Bruce's song, American Land, which uh, has that uh, Celtic sound and mm-hmm. uh, phenomenal. And uh, the... Dropkick Murphys uh, have the best lyrics in the world because they're so ridiculous. And, yes. um, you know, what can you say? They love baseball. And, you know, they got like four or five songs just about baseball and the Boston Red Sox. So 
<laughs> on that level alone, you you got to respect it. And then I don't know about I don't know about you, Tim, but I've really enjoyed these live concerts. You know, these artists performing these live at home concerts and tonight's in uh, you know tonight's in a, a baseball stadium, which that to me just signifies summer of whether it be at Wrigley. I know PNC's hosted some concerts. Uh, Progressive Field in the most recent years has started to do more. Um, Fenway has always done that. So it's nice to see that. And a a story real quick. Emma loves Irish music. I mean, just loves it. Um, But not really the rock and roll stuff. However, after Notre Dame decided to become more modern and have some fun, because for years it was like the older generation, sit on your hands, don't say a word. Uh, um, they started piping in music. And you would have thought that they had just committed treason by allowing piped in music in the stadium. And Notre Dame, before the opening kickoff, has a song written by Kathy Richardson, and it's called Here Come the Irish. And it's a slower Irish melody. Um, and just talks about Notre Dame and all that. And then halfway through, it just, I mean, full steam ahead into shipping up to Boston. And this place is like, it's, you know, you're singing and swaying at church. And then all of a sudden, you're at a pop rock concert and you're in the mosh pit, and that place goes from zero to 100 like that, and it just gives you goosebumps. Uh, it's the best. Yeah. It, Music and it sports really go together so well because mm-hmm. it's a celebration both ways, and it can get you through the tough times and the agony, and uh, sports does the exact same thing. It can lift you up to the highest levels of euphoria and can – absolutely tear your heart out so and that's what music does and it works well there there's a there's a reason i think those two work so well together over the years Mm -hmm. and uh being no different than many people i'm a fan of both and i enjoy a lot of different type of music and uh, a lot of fun and you know that's what sports that's what it's all about but yeah i've enjoyed the the at-home concerts uh even if it's short, uh, one or two song type things that has or, happened. To me, the and I don't want to call them healers, um, but the the two most popular items that allow us to escape reality are music and sports. Like tonight, it, thankfully, you have not been completely devastated by this this pandemic you've been set back but you've not been devastated but tonight you found an escape a couple hour escape to where you could enjoy um what summer has always been about to you music and ballparks to me music and sports are two of the biggest distractions and you know i know like my grandpa passed six years ago already watching their name the next day while i wasn't completely gung-ho because i just lost my grandpa it was a three-hour escape and i could take my mind off something else and music uh, for so often for so many of us has done that to people 
it's it's a great part like for example for me i've reconnected with i mentioned this before my guitars and uh and been playing them again uh, i suck but it's fun it's the biggest challenge i've ever had in my life one of the great things that's been going on uh during this uh, time period mm-hmm. is that i found different artists that i really never listened to or yeah. you know had a, a desire but they're all doing something uniquely different that is uh you know take your mind off it and give you some enjoyment and uh to connect with someone like you know i gotta be honest i i i've heard of him but i never really listened to him before his name is michael anthony batio he is a metal guitarist and he might have the fastest hands ever that's been on a guitar really Yes, and what made me find him was just Facebook, and I've been watching a lot of guitar videos, and funny guy, really intelligent, super smart about music, doesn't always, he's so, he's such a level, sometimes he talks so fast, and he shows you, and you're like, what the hell did he just do there? (laughs) But uh, he has an album coming out, and just give you an idea of what I'm talking about, how talented this guy is. He plays the guitar with both hands. And I mean, he has a guitar strong left and right-handed. Yeah. He has a double guitar. Not not like a, a 12-string and a 6-string go both on the same side. Mm-hmm. A left-handed one and a right-handed one. And he can use both hands on a neck. That's incredible. Oh, it is. And it's, it's really intriguing because... I've always, and I just found out he's left-handed. And of course I'm left-handed. And when I picked up the guitar, I started playing right-handed. And the guy who was teaching me at the time suggested, you know, just we'll turn the guitar around and make you left-handed. Mm-hmm. And it was an acoustic guitar, no big deal. And that's what we did. A few years later, a guy I used to work with, this was 30 years ago, used to play in a band. And he's one of those kind of orthodox people, He, you know, that's just weird that you play left-handed. Yeah. You know, you, know, you should play right-handed. All the guitars are right-handed anyways. Why don't you play right-handed? Because when you play baseball, you bat right-handed and you bat yeah. left-handed. So why can't you play the guitar right-handed? For both, yeah. And I went, oh, shit. Next thing I know, I, I, I'm going home and I had that in my head. <laughs> and I'm restringing my guitars right-handed. <laughs> and all that did is cost me more money because now I have left-handed yep. and right-handed guitars. Now, I'm left-handed. I'm the first to admit I'm left-handed. Mm-hmm. So I'm much better left-handed than right-handed. But, yeah, I can pull it off. So seeing this guy actually do something similar was quite intriguing to me. And uh, uh, still my uh, biggest, not regret, but biggest challenge I've ever had is to pick up the guitar. And uh, I've gotten better at it recently, and I've enjoyed it. So, you know, those are the fun things of uh, having an opportunity to do things that you don't always find time to do. Uh, we do a lot of things. Uh, you might start a project and not be able to finish it right away. And, but once you do get to that, to that level where you're finished or you add on to it, you're, you're really excited about it. And, you know, on a personal level, I'm kind of excited about playing again. It's fun. It's, it's a great challenge. And I'm not going to play basketball much anymore in my lifetime. I'm not going to play yeah. baseball much more in my lifetime. Love to play catch. Just there's no one to play catch. No kids like to play yeah. catch no more. It's kind of heartbreaking. No, they don't. Yeah, they don't. No, they you do don't not play see, catch. I hardly ever see two kids in a yard throwing the ball around. No, 
You may see one-on-one basketball, but you don't see two kids with a baseball and a glove uh, tossing it back and forth. No, that's that's almost – Unheard of. An anomaly. You you just don't see it. You you could drive down residential streets and neighborhoods and maybe see one, two. Yeah. When I do, I always beep the horn because I love it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it reminds me of when I was a child. But you know, it's really it's it's amazing how far and how much uh, times have changed in the last 20, 30 years. Yeah, it really has. Speaking of uh, games, I've been putting out these podcasts the last mm-hmm. six weeks. Uh, we called them the Throwback Thursday podcast. They're all all broadcast games that I did, and each week, unintentionally. I've kind of have uh, picked out a different partner that I've had. <laughs> so I've been like kind of uh, showcasing the, the many different talented people that I've worked with over the years. And uh, this past week, actually, we uh, yesterday just released it. It was a game uh, from Western Pennsylvania when I was uh, doing uh, Franklin and Oil City. There's a school called mm-hmm. Rocky Grove. That's right next to uh, Franklin, a little small little town. And uh, single-A basketball, they don't even play football at the school. They just play basketball. Really? Yeah. So it gives you the, the idea of the amount of, you know, how small the school yeah. is. Anyways, they had a really good basketball team about twenty uh, about 10 years ago. Nine years ago. It was 20, 2011. So it was a 2010-2011 season. And uh, Ray Reinstorf did the game with me. Our friend from uh, Erie, PA, who's come on the podcast a few times. Highly recommend you to get, take a chance to listen. And by the way, this is what we're getting great response on that. The, the yeah. number of downloads we've had from those old broadcasts, and uh, they're either football or basketball games. Uh, I did do a few baseball games over the years, but I don't have those, the audio files to that, unfortunately. So can't pass that along but i'm a yeah. big fan of the throwback podcast i enjoy listening to them like i said we've uh we've had a good response i i you know i did it kind of a of a we're in a pandemic what else are we going to do yeah might as well release something and in the same vine i had time on my hands so i went back and found my old cassettes that i used to have games on and digitized them and and when i was doing that i said so you know what well we put one out and just see what happens and yeah i did a uh i think it was a basketball game first it was a rocky grove basketball mm-hmm. game uh matter of fact it was the, when they won district 10 that year and had a nice response to that and then we did a football game a couple football games yep. but the last two basketball games i did the uh, first game i ever did for newcastle uh, with James Dotson, mm-hmm. and that had a great response, not surprisingly. And this one here has, has really hit the charts well uh, on downloads. So, uh, yeah, if you want to let us know what you think, you can head over to our webpage, radiomvp.com. Check it out there. Uh, every podcast, there's a space for you to leave uh, your thoughts, and you're more than welcome to do that. Yeah, I enjoy listening to old games. It's it's kind of cool to go back and uh, listen to some of the players and relive some of those games because we've had a lot of great athletes in the area. Well, Tom that was great at YSU. Uh, he was phenomenal at Bourbon, and that Bourbon team was pretty good. Yeah, they were. It was a uh, 
you know, the Bourbon teams he was on is pretty good. And you also get to uh, relive and remember how dominant those Harding teams were. You know, that's, that's the game that sticks out to me is how dominant uh, that Harding team was. And I can't remember who said it on the broadcast, but early on, I think it was 14 nothing, And the guy said, Boardman's really good. They, they have one loss coming in, and they've dominated most of their opponents. This Harding team is special. Yeah, that was my friend Jim. Jim Kearney yes. made that comment. Yes. Yeah, and uh, Jim was phenomenal at watching a team and seeing its strengths and understanding a team quickly. And that was one of his uh, many uh, enduring parts of uh, being on a broadcast. It wasn't on many, mm-hmm. but uh, he was phenomenal at that. And uh, there's no question about it. Yeah, he, he understood a team. And, and what it was, and that Harding team was just loaded. Sometimes you just – you have years like that, and you are one of the best in the state, and you are a dominant team that people will talk about for years to come. We'll move on to uh, another thought process. Uh, I didn't bring this up earlier, but the Premier League is yeah. coming back on the 17th, I believe, or maybe the 19th. I think it's – and then they – 17th, I believe, yeah. Yeah, 17th, and then the full league will be back on the 19th. They're going to make up two games that haven't been played by t- – Four teams that haven't mm-hmm. finished one round, so they're going to finish that and move on to the, the the next two rounds or the next few rounds. And by hopefully the end of June, we'll be raising a trophy in Liverpool. The uh, the Reds are going to take it home here now. There's no canceling the season. And there's no voiding a possible <laughs> championship. The Reds are taking it home, baby. It's just the a dream matter is still of alive. When. It is that the dream is reality still alive and it's is back coming. On. Yeah, exactly. God willing, everything will come our way here very shortly for uh, Liverpool, and uh, I cannot wait. Matter of fact, I got a. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it, uh, either on Twitter or Facebook. I posted mm-hmm. my uh, my daily routine. Matter of fact, we'll talk. I about saw that. that. Yes. Let me let me backtrack a few minutes. Uh, on Twitter, if you happen to be a fan of the show Billions. Mm-hmm. or if you're a fan of maybe the movie Rounders, uh, Brian, Brian Koppelman is the uh, screenwriter, along with mm-hmm. his uh, partner, uh, David Levin. I think that's his, David Levin. Mm-hmm. And anyways, they've been writing together for many years, many movies. Uh, they've got into uh, producing and writing the uh, the show Billions for the last four or five seasons on Showtime. I've never watched it personally because I don't have Showtime. But Brian Koppelman also has a podcast called mm-hmm. The Moment, which I've talked about before here many, many podcasts ago. Uh, phenomenal podcast where he talks to different people. And the thought process of the podcast is that moment when you realize what you wanted to do or you're able to get that part of your life. You know, mm-hmm. if you're an actor or if you're a, yeah. a musician or if you're a business person, whatever it be, that moment where it all came together and you knew this is where your, your life needed to be. And, and he talked about his moment where he became a writer. Uh, Cause before that he was in the music business and uh, how that, how important that making that decision and changing his life and, and uh, you know, going a different direction was well, anyways, I've been following him on Twitter for a long time. Mm-hmm. And then one morning, Oh God, it had to been, it had to been, February-ish, towards the end of February, right before the uh, pandemic really took stronghold of our country. Yeah. yeah. 
he had he was on Twitter and he posted a uh, him uh, having a cup of coffee, uh, holding mm-hmm. up a cup of uh, cup, yeah. and it was him, uh, his own cup called the Royal, and he says, you know, join me for a cup of coffee every morning, the first cup of the day. We'll call it the Royal. We'll all mm-hmm. share our, our 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 pictures together, you know. Yep. And it became like a daily routine for me, so I ended up. Uh, having my coffee cup at work and took a picture and da 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 every week, every day almost. I've been doing it ever since. And uh, he's retweeted it a few times and uh, hashtag the royal if you're out there. I decided to post it on Facebook every morning during the pandemic just because what the hell are you going to do? You got to do something to entertain yourself. So a few of my friends have uh, joined in and either said hello or posted their own uh, mug uh drinking a cup of coffee in the morning Mm -hmm. and i was challenged because i had all these basic cups uh mugs at the house uh, you know a green one a blue one a yellow one just colored simple mugs and uh, a friend of mine says you have to up your mug game you don't have any you know any stories behind your mugs and he was showing me all his mugs each day and Mm -hmm. And each one had a story behind it. He told me either where he was at or why he has it and stuff like that. I said, all right, all right, let me see if I can up my game. So uh, I have a a mug that was my dad's that was Ohio State Notre Dame mug from the mm-hmm. the Fiesta Bowl about 10, well, maybe 10, 12 years mm-hmm. ago now. And, yes. Uh, started with that and a couple others. I ended up uh, ordering um, Brian Koppelman's The... Uh, the Royal mug that helped, uh, it was a donation to a food bank, you know, and it was mm-hmm. total donation, no money, uh, profits for it. I've been trying to up my mug game because I've been challenged by my friends and I came across a Liverpool mug, a red mug with the Liverpool, uh, logo mm-hmm. with the LFC under it. It was wonderful. You'll see it again tomorrow. Mm-hmm. A big mug too. It's like 16, 17 ounces. So it's a huge mug, which is perfect for me in the morning. I gotta have my coffee. I'm not a big coffee drinker. I'm, I just, I'm not a big coffee guy. I just, I don't like warm beverages. Yeah, well, you know, that's the funny thing is, uh, as I've gotten older, have drank more coffee. I mean, when I was, I would say your age and younger, very seldom. I would do it, mm-hmm. but not, not a, a daily routine. Uh, when I traveled, I had it because it kept me company, and it, you know, like mm-hmm. you said, a little warm. Yeah, uh, but. Uh, that's why I used to travel to Cleveland in that daily, but that was probably late in my early thirties, you know, so it was a long time ago, but mm-hmm. in the same vein wasn't, I was kind of older, a little older than what you are now, but yeah, I've, uh, I've become a coffee, uh, not snub, yeah. uh, but I, uh, a coffee addict, uh, I got to have it every morning and it's, it's, it's a good routine. So if you want to join me on Facebook or on Twitter, and uh, show off your uh, morning royale, uh, your very first cup of coffee or beverage of the day. Uh, join the club; it's fun. In fact, uh, he was on the podcast, Nate Mavis from uh, from the mm-hmm. Boston area. Who, of course, Nate uh, wrote a couple books on poker, and uh, is a huge baseball fan. Uh, we're gonna have to. Have, mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to reach out to Nate. Uh, just between you and I and our listening audience, uh, Anthony. Here's what I'm thinking. With baseball does have a date, an actual opening day coming back. Yes. Uh, I'm going to give you my recorder, and 
you can, or you can actually do it on your phone. Just record a few people that you know. Yeah. Get their thoughts about opening day. What you know that baseball's back. Whoever it okay, is. Yeah. Your aunt. Yeah. Your all that, and we're gonna put together a little a little segment on on the new baseball. Maybe we'll reach out to uh, some friends of ours from the podcast and get their thoughts about the return of sports and and baseball. And uh, I think it'll be kind of fun to do. Yeah, that'd be really cool. It's. I hope we're doing that soon, Tim. I really do. I yeah, really so, do. Uh, I hope that is soon. Yeah, it would be nice. So, anyways, there's a few people that do it uh, that you may have heard of, may not have. I'm going to reach out to uh, Gemma down in Australia in Melbourne. Uh, she's now part of a uh, sports collective that uh, promotes women's sports and. Uh, try to get her back on because the uh, AFL, the Australian Football League, is actually due to come back in two weeks too. So, uh, like I said, all the sports are coming back all at once. So, yes, and baseball needs to get its house in order because everybody else is ready to make a move. Yes, and uh, I can't imagine uh, a summer without baseball. It'd be. I've done what I really odd. You know, in 1994, I dealt with it when the yeah. strike came, and it. It wiped out the rest of this season. The pandemic's wiped out the first half of this season. Let's not lose the entire year. God, I hope not. be the only sport that can't get its act together. We'll see. Wear your mask. Wear your mask and you may get baseball. Wear your mask and hopefully we'll have football season. When Nick Saban tells you you need to wear your mask to give us an opportunity to play football, he's not lying. If you're a football fan out there and you're not wearing a mask, you're not helping the situation for any of us to have a football season this year. And all I got to say is, you know, do the right thing. If you do the right things and uh, we're going to have an opportunity to enjoy things that we always love. But if this country chooses to politicize everything, instead of doing the correct thing and caring about your neighbor, uh, we can kiss the football season goodbye, and that's the honest guy's truth. Yeah, let's uh, you know, it's day by day still. Um, let's keep doing what we've been doing. Uh, we've seen that it is working. We've seen the uh, the infection rates and the hospitalization rates are going down. Let's keep being patient. I know it's tough. I know uh, we're all ready to get back to some sense of, and I use air quotes, normalcy. But if we keep doing what we're doing. We might have football back and get back to a feeling of like things are going to be all right. I agree. All right, Anthony, let's uh, wrap this one up and call it a day. Uh, Our internet's kind of fading in and out. So uh, we want to thank zoom for all their help and uh, Mm -hmm. thank each and every one of you for tuning in. Take a look at our podcasts and our go back in our history. There's plenty of them there. And uh, we look forward to actually talking about games and situations coming up soon. Uh, There's a lot of sports coming our way, hopefully very, very soon here in uh, Northeast Ohio, Western Pennsylvania, and uh, the rest of the world. Yeah, let's uh, let's hope baseball can get its act together uh, within the next two weeks. These next two weeks are crucial. If we want to have any baseball at all this year, uh, these next two weeks are crucial. So for a baseball purist, Let's hope the uh, negotiations uh, 
can get on more even ground. Show your fandom, wear your mask, your Indians mask, your Browns mask, your mm -hmm. Denver Bronco mask. I don't care what colors you have, uh, your high school teams. Uh, mm -hmm. Let's show our pride. Let's wear our masks. Let's have some sports here in the second half of the summer. For Anthony, I am Tim here in Portman. Anthony's in Canfield. We thank you for listening to RadioMVP.com. And uh, don't forget to uh, give us a like or a rating and a review anywhere you get your downloads. So thanks again to Anthony. I'm Tim. We'll talk to you next week right here on Radio MVP.